0: Welcome to As a Creator, the podcast that dives deep into the minds and stories of the most innovative and influential individuals shaping the creative landscape on TikTok and Instagram. I'm your host, Charlotte Tricartan, and I'm so excited to embark on this journey of discovery and inspiration with you. Today, we are interviewing Ken Walks, also known as at Ken on TikTok. He's a Chicago-based creator with over 1 million followers on TikTok, He creates all sorts of content from business to lifestyle to finance and is always going viral. Some of his most notable videos include a video demystifying why the McDonald's ice cream machine is always broken and another one of his videos explaining why the popular book Rainbow Fish actually is not that great of a storyline. Ken's goal is to provide value back to the community, and in this episode, we're going to dive deep into his mindset around content creation and how he grew as a creator. Before we get started, let's give a huge thank you to our sponsor, Char Charms. Go and make your hydration fun and functional. Shop Char Charms at charcharms.com. Now let's get started. Welcome, Ken, to the episode. I'm so excited to have you on as a creator.
1: Sweet. Yeah. thank Thank you for inviting me. Happy to be here. Nice to see you.
0: Yeah, of course. Nice to see you, too. So Ken and I met at a content creator event that was sponsored by Hashtag Paid. Um, And it was so awesome to meet him in person. I actually had no idea who Ken was when I first met him. And it turns out he's this awesome content creator. So I'm so excited to have Ken on the podcast and talking to us a little bit about his social media strategy, how he goes about his content creation. So we're going to jump right in, Ken. How long ago did you get started on TikTok, social media, and why did you even start?
1: Uh, I got started. Also, thank you for having me. Great to see you. Yeah, what's kind of funny is like, yeah, we met at that event and we became friends from that event. And then I we think we found out afterwards that we had all these different common friends and common threads like connecting us, including basically going to the same high school. Yes. <laughs> so it's a very small world in the Chicagoland area. But uh, yeah, I've been creating content for, I guess, just over three years now. I started as I think many people did at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, it was never something I had any interest in. It was never something I thought I would ever like be even putting a toe into the water of. Uh, and the only reason I even got started was because one, I was bored out of my skull, locked in my, uh, at that time, house in San Francisco by myself. And my girlfriend at the time actually worked at TikTok. And um, before that, she had worked at Instagram and Pinterest. <laughs> And then she was working at TikTok and she was like, you should like, check this out. You should like explore this. And so I started making content then at a very, very low level. Like my early content is not anything I would ever be putting out today uh, for any variety of reasons. But I think I just got to get exposed to it in a different way where I was kind of seeing both the the front end, like literally in front of a camera, as well as the back end of like the business and seeing how like social media was actually changing people's lives.
0: Wow. So how many years ago was that?
1: Was about three, yeah. About three okay, years.
0: so like right at the beginning of when TikTok started really blowing up during COVID, what did your initial videos look like? So you're just having fun. What were those videos like?
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my account, I initially started it to be a cooking account um, because I'd always had a pretty strong passion and background in cooking, and my friends were always like, "You should start a cooking show, or you should have a food truck, or whatever." So initially, my channel was still, I think, called. Uh, wax on myself and then chef ken for a while and like i was doing all of these different kinds of cooking videos and like back then like the tools and editing for tiktok was archaic <laughs> like it was like horrific we didn't have stuff like cap cut or oh, these other tools that we now have access to like it was it was the wild west and it was just a lot of trends uh it's been interesting i think to just watch how the platform has evolved maybe that's just my own for you page my own content has become a bit more high level but Back then I swear it was like the stupidest five seconds clips you'd ever see in your life and just montages.
0: yeah I bet were you going viral in the very beginning <laughs> no <laughs> I remember,
1: No. so I remember my first video um, that I like I thought was going viral got like 2200 views like oh my I was, God. My God. <laughs> like this is this is the, this is the rush and so I actually um yeah I actually they count that like people know me for today is what that original account eventually became mm. but i ended up making a second account at one point uh just because i thought like okay this account's just not getting anywhere and that account actually was the first account ever videos i ever had that went viral And the first video i ever had that went viral was literally just me standing in front of what is effectively a tweet mm. and it was some kind of very dumb reaction with like a trending audio that was going on and that got close to a million views and like i remember i'm like calling my friends and everyone's like what is happening and it was like that definitely set me off like so i then had these like two accounts and like really wasn't using the one that people now know me for at all and i was going just making really low level uh low effort but very high reward content on this other account uh, i called my alter ego which in that account ended up getting like i don't know 5 000 followers and over a million likes in a couple of months so it but uh yeah if you want to start talking about like branding, and we want to talk about like what are things that open like opportunities for you as a creator as a person like my girlfriend at the time straight said that to me she was like i know you're having fun with this account like i know it's like it's it's fun she's like but this will not serve you she's like brands will not want to work with you with this like you are not going to like this is not going to open the doors of opportunity." Like you will never make any money for this kind of content.
0: Wow. Yeah. So she was straight up with you. She told well, you it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, she she straight up said like, you'd be embarrassed if like your friends and your family and your coworkers saw this content. And uh, she was right. Oh, God, yeah, she, was, she was so right. And just to show like the power of uh, branding over time, I guess, like I, I mentioned that number. It was like a million. Like it's actually 1.2 million, to be precise. And I had 4,500 followers. By the time my current account had 1.2 million likes at 50,000 followers.
0: Tell me a little bit more about how you evolved that initial TikTok. So you you got your rush right. You were doing some dumb TikTok videos with the second account, and then you went back to what's now known as at Ken on TikTok. How did your content evolve from there? Like, where did you see your first viral video on that account? Because that's the account that's you've grown on so much since the very beginning. Um, and I know you've gone through a lot of different phases with your TikTok content, but So kind of walk us through those phases um, because I think a lot of people think that they have to stick with what what they started with. But you have definitely evolved a ton. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, uh, great question. My first viral video happened right around New Year's Eve of 2020 on the account that's now Ken. Um, It was a pair of Louis Vuitton dumbbells. That I had found uh on my friend's like Facebook page and he was saying that they were insane. And I was looking at them, they were three thousand dollars, they were like three or four pounds each. And it just made me really upset, angry. Like I don't I don't know, it just it just caused something in me. And so I I studied econ. And so I actually went and I broke these dumbbells down by ounce and figured out what like the value was that people were paying for was effectively a brand. Right. Cause like they're paying all this money to have a Louis Vuitton branded thing and Mm -hmm. then i worked it all the way to it's like okay you could actually buy these dumbbells which were made out of steel in pure silver for less money it actually would have been cheaper to buy it in pure silver and so that video i posted and like i I remember i was in my parents basement because i was actually visiting them for the holidays from california and i was like i'm gonna keep doing these i'm like because these are like because this is like this is insane and that was the video that started everything off and so my original content was very much like making not necessarily fun of like luxury brands but was it did become that but it was more just like how the what is like this weird value that we ascribe to a brand like why would somebody be willing to pay $275,000 for a tiffany co greenhouse which is effectively a desk ornament this big as opposed to buying a condo in Miami for the same one
0: yeah
1: as opposed to like this is what you could do with this money that like instead you're buying some like Or this Birkin bag that's like $150,000 because it's made out of albino white crocodile or whatever. Like, why do we care about these things?
0: Now, the interesting thing about this content is that I feel like it's high effort. Like, you have to go through and, like, break it down and you have to put research into it. So how much time are you putting into your initial content when you were starting to go viral with these types of videos?
1: My videos were always, like, very meticulously researched, for sure. I, I put a lot of time into also finding like the correct photos, images, like making sure they're sized appropriately to, you know, the really early green screens that we had back then. And then that's not also counting, like basically having, I don't, I don't script necessarily. I don't have like everything I'm like, going to say written out but I might have like, here are like the points of like info that I want to share across and then I'll like speak around them. But I would say between like collecting information, doing the research, putting it together, like you're looking at about an hour, hour and a half per with editing and whatever, which like, yeah, I just kind of would start working it into my day. as just part of my habit.
0: Okay. And were you doing one a day or two a day?
1: Oh yeah. One a day. No, my goal is always five a week. Okay. Uh, one a day. I, I know back in the day it was very much like it was a volume game. It was like, like shoot out five to 10 <laughs> videos a day. Uh, I don't, I, I think maybe that was like early TikTok before it became really saturated but I think nowadays you're much better served producing like one very high quality piece of content that maybe you're putting out every couple of days as opposed to just spray and praying with a bunch of very low level content. Um, I think Interesting. There's, very a, there's very much a mental barrier in there as well. Uh, like I used to get really like twitchy if I had to make content in a couple of days, like I'm going to lose all my momentum, I'm going to lose all my track. It's just really not the case in my experience with like TikTok as a platform. Um, like you see some of these like creators that I really love and admire and I'm forgetting one of the guys' names off the top of my head, but like they only make content every couple of weeks. Really? Like they, you know, they have millions of followers and every time they do it, it's like one of the best pieces of content I've seen in a minute, but it it is really a balance I think because you don't want to oversaturate and then dilute.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Well, Once you started going viral with those initial types of videos breaking down luxury brands and you've been consistently doing just about one a day, have you been consistently growing? Have you reached any plateaus? Because that was almost three years ago. So what has that journey looked like in terms of growth and followers and even your virality at some points in time?
1: Yeah, no, that's a really good question. This is what people, I think, really get wrong when it comes to producing content is that uh, they think it's linear. They think it's just like it's always just like up to the to the right or if you're making content, it should be up to the right. That's just absolutely not my experience. My experience is like jump, stagnation, jump, stagnation, jump, stagnation. That's that's how it goes. And I think for me, like whenever I start feeling like I'm stagnating, um, I start. Well, also just means I'm probably kind of hitting the end of whatever the viral cycle was of the content I was producing. It's like no longer resonating or it's already hit the audience that was going to find. So I think that's where I've like, when those things start happening, I'm like, okay, well, this means my views are down either way. So I may as well start just making other content, things that like, I might be more interested in things I'm like, like curious about and going and exploring. But that first jump got me to about 30, 35,000. I want to say like that kind of first, like couple two, three months got me there. And then I actually got, uh, I got really sick. And so I actually didn't make content for well over a month and then I think I had about 50, 60,000 followers. I got out of the hospital and I just went off a completely different trajectory because I uh, stitched a video that was about like, um, it was about career stuff. Hmm. And I have a lot of friends in the career space and I have a pretty strong resume of my own, just like from a professional standpoint. So I made a video that was in that vein and all of a sudden I went from 60,000 followers to... Eighty-five thousand. I was just like riding a different wave, and I started making content down this path, and it got me to well over a hundred thousand, and then one hundred and fifty, close to two hundred. So by the end of twenty twenty-one, I was sitting around two hundred fifty thousand. Um, so that's like one year, and then I, it kind of stagnated again at two hundred fifty thousand for about two three months, I remember, and then I jumped to about four hundred and seventy.
0: Is that from one video or is it from accumulation of videos?
1: I would say it's usually from one video that's opening up a different category. Um, Yeah, that one, that jump was really weird because I'd been, ma- I'd been making a bunch of content and like nothing had really been popping off. And then all of a sudden I had a video that was completely unrelated to pretty much everything else that I'd been doing. And that video went viral to like six and a half million. Wow. Um, I want to say. And then at the same time, this new video, which was about kind of much more like these like dark sides of corporate America, like these like big companies that you don't know about that are really the ones like pulling the strings and just like how the rich play different games than we do and how they like break the systems to their, their wants and their needs. And also like how we can do it too. A little bit like those videos started going crazy. Then all of a sudden content I had posted, like, I'm not kidding, like a month ago, month before that started going off as well. Like, so I had two, three videos at the same time that were all, that all ended up passing 5 million views.
0: Oh my God, one that's amazing.
1: About, yeah, one was about BlackRock, which is a wealth management asset, um, whatever, group know, big, big company that sits on everyone's like 401ks and like the very dark side of that. And then at the same time that was happening, I basically been doing this like investigatory work into this one company called Better it was a mortgage company because I had a couple of friends that worked there and better was going through this huge thing, laying off a ton of employees. Their CEO had gone super viral for like effectively laying off 900 people on a zoom call, just like really tough looks. So like that video, like initially that better video, I remember I posted, it got like 60,000 views and I was like, wow, that's weird. I feel like that was going to do better. just like felt like it died. And then even before that I posted a video. About um, why companies, because I used to work at Google, right? So, like, why these tech companies give you these amazing perks. But it's, like, the dark side of, like, why they do that. So, like, you work more for less because, like, dinner's not served at 630. Maybe free transportation. But So, I had posted Like, it did all right. And then all of a sudden, I posted this video about BlackRock, which just started taking off. And then I look back. All of a sudden, that better video got 5 million views. And that one about Google and its perks got over 6 million views, even though I posted it, like, over a month ago. It was just like this really weird, almost like kind of like backfill. Yeah, the,
0: the I've n- I've never seen that before on a TikTok. Is like so having your previous videos from a long time ago start going viral again, which is so crazy. But it, I mean, it can happen. Like e- there's
1: like there's a true evergreenness to some extent. I think it's like I think there's up to sixty or ninety days that videos can live on the for you page. I'm yeah, not 100% sure. But I kind of see this now happening a lot more with just like the content I've been making or was making more recently with like the call it the uh, the people that are going missing and found in like austin in chicago my content starts popping off again whenever someone new is found i yeah. can tell when someone is like when a new person has been found based on how often my videos are being reposted in the last like couple of days
0: Oh my gosh, that's really interesting. Well, what you're what you're doing content around is very, especially as of recently, is very recent news. Like you are basically being a news person on TikTok, right? Recounting, you know, you're doing investigations into it, and you're learning your own things that you're sharing with people. So I feel like your type of content is very, very like deeply researched. um But you have
1: a, you have a lot of responsibility when you have a platform. That's always been my my take on it like i think when you have a platform you do have a moral obligation to do good with it some form of societal good whatever that looks like but when you're at that like level that you know people are going to come out of the woodwork to nitpick you on every single thing that you possibly say wrong including pronunciation (laughs) yes like i used to do like fashion content so i'd be doing like history of like the fashion houses and like you know how much fun it is to to uh on purpose mispronounce like versace yes because like then people come out because you know you're just gonna get comments like so did you, you
0: question on that did you ever do that purposefully for more views and comments
1: uh for comments sometimes yeah sometimes i'd almost like purposely leave out really good pieces of information
0: mm.
1: or just like tidbits that like i knew someone would come in with
0: got it but so, like
1: that's even something you can um i don't say manipulate but it's something you can almost succeed a little bit like if you have like friends that like want to help and, like, we'll comment on all your posts. We could be like, oh, say this. Yeah. Or, like, whatever. And they can almost, like, start the conversation. I used to do that with my burner accounts. Ah. I would go <laughs> onto mine and say something. Sometimes I would just roast myself. Yeah. Just kidding. Like, just, just like, who's this guy? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and because then peop- then it gets start- like started, right? Like you're starting the comment section or like you're firing up the comment section. I think that's a good strategy for content creators to sometimes just keep in their toolbox. Um, you know, I-, I had a question that kind of got lost in my other questions about your content creation ideation. And like right now, you're creating a lot of new content on different topics, but for the most part, it's very similar so- sort of like style. How do you come up with the ideas and how much time do you put into a video every day?
1: um yeah th- that's that's a great question so i get my ideas from everywhere okay so i'll get them from conversations i have with people i'll get them from literally de- like memes i see on instagram or like news articles or just like even just like walking around be like, oh, why is it like that right and there's it'll just like reignite something else where it's like oh like my elevator's out wait what would happen if there were no elevators and so then i go down a rabbit hole as to like when were elevators created like when were cities effectively cities like cities couldn't exist without elevators that's an interesting concept
0: mm,
1: right but, mm-hmm. like so <laughs> uh, they come from everywhere and then i literally will just put them into my notes app and then um or into like a google doc and then i'll go and start researching them later especially if i think there is anything to it mm-hmm. so i have like i have a doc right here on my computer it's actually TikTok ideas june 2023 and i the other day just like listed out like eight different things and they're all they're different across like literally like some about restaurants some's about safety some's about um third world like agriculture and the inefficiencies of like mass farming and gmos
0: so literally so, everything
1: literally everything yeah but,
0: but at, at the that, heart it's like, the same oh, style of video with your it's, video it's always the same style which i love because people know what to expect from your videos
1: it's yeah, that's a, a limitation of myself as a creator that I don't do like different kinds of content. But it is always going to be you're going to learn something for the most part. I think every time that's that's something like I always like to think of it somewhere in between like how can we make people think about something a little bit differently that they like know every day or what's something that like they're going to be able to like say at a party later tonight that they're example sound cool for.
0: <laughs> yeah, I liked your McDonald's ice cream machine one. That one was mm-hmm. uh, one of your m- more recent ones. And that one was great.
1: That one was fun. Yeah. Well that I had known I had known something about the ice cream machine for a while. And like I knew that there was but it's like it's just like there's so much additional stuff to it. And then like as you start like you're like, oh the McDonald's ice cream machine's broken, like you see the memes or you see the tweets. And then you start like into it and you start pulling these threads back out of it. And then you're like, oh. Why do they have to go down for four hours every day? Oh, they actually have to get maintained every two weeks. Oh, wait, they actually there's a nine hundred million dollar lawsuit currently against them from some company because it's a monopoly. They're like, wait, like, wait a minute. Like and then you find out McDonald's sales of ice cream is three percent of its total. So why would they not want their ice cream machines to be up all the time? It's it's a very interesting mm-hmm. thing. This is just something you see with these big companies. It's yeah. like wow, that's-
0: you guys, if you're listening to this, go check out that video of Ken's because it's very entertaining. You know, on the note of your videos, I am, like, sucked in by them. So do you have a strategy with, like, your hooks? Because obviously the hook is the most important part of a video. How do you go about that first five seconds?
1: I know Jove. I said this to Alice. Alice my girlfriend, uh, who's a big creator for anyone who's uh, listening. But... No joke I spend more time on the hook than I do on any other part of the video By really yeah mile, mile and a half yeah because I will go back and do it again and again and again and I'll film and I'll be like that wasn't as like okay could this be more clever could this be snappier could this like what's a better like hook what's a better intro what's a better side and like I look back at any any video I make for the most part I'm like damn I could' have done that better but I always try to make it like I don't want like it's, it's like how do you give something without giving it mm-hmm. right as you're like okay like, I'm asking you to watch to get the answer to this question without yeah. just like click to the end. I don't want to do like the three things like yeah. number three is the best. Right. <laughs> so yes. So I, well, you can't do that. And that has also been like insanely, like one of my most viral videos that I remember early on was like three things I learned like, or three times I got in trouble when I worked at Google, like number one, all like my bad. That's my bad. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> Uh, So there's, like, value to that. But, no, I spend a lot of time, like, on the hook. Like, I will, like, write it. I will film it. I will delete it. I will keep going back and forth. Do you have a
0: tip for writing hooks or how you go about the hooks that, you know, someone could take action on and try?
1: I think it needs to be, like, it's literally, like, if you had three seconds to, I don't want to say deliver value, but to be, like, I think about sometimes, like, Is there a celebrity reference you can mix into this? Is there a, like, you know, it's called the classic, like, here's what you should do when, like, like, using you as a mental thing or whatever. I, I just... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think I just like to, like, leave it as, like, some, like, mystery almost in that first, like, five seconds, but then it's a really quick cut. Yeah. It's always, like, here's, like, a sentence and then like that's like kind of a question or it's kind of like ambiguous and then i'm immediately moving into a completely different thing like i remember <laughs> I, what am I, I i get in my bag sometimes i swear so <laughs> there's this one time i was like i want to make an entire video about the michelin like the michelin rating system like the michelin restaurant three stars right and like why does the michelin tire company own the michelin guide Right, so what, like, why? So I do all this research into this, and then I'm like, how do, like, how do I start with this hook? Like, what mm-hmm. is the hook? And then I like, I just did more digging, and then I'm like, Gordon Ramsay cried when he lost two Michelin stars one time, and then I was like, so that was actually the hook. It was like, what could make Gordon Ramsay cry like this? And I found like,
0: oh,
1: yo, know, of him like crying, just like of him just like bawling. And so then it's like, what could make him cry? And then it's like, he cried when he lost two stars. And then I go into the entire other thing. So sometimes I almost like start over here it's actually a subversion to get to something Mm. else. Or it's like, here's like the beginning part of the question where like, I think I had one on Arby's where it's like, everyone knows that Arby's has the meats, but did you also know they have that bread?
0: Oh my gosh, (laughs) that was such a good video. I showed that to my boyfriend because he loves Arby's. And I'm like, okay, I'm actually (laughs) impressed with Arby's now because I had no idea that they did this. That was a fantastic video.
1: And so like, it's just like, I just, that came from a meme. The entire video came from a meme. wow which was like, arby's buys buffalo wild wings and like, i think the meme was like who's eating at arby's like, so they <laughs> had to do that and so like that's like an entire different like yeah and that yeah the, the, the video itself like opens up all these other like threads where it's like okay then we're talking about like all fast food companies their conglomerization right mm. you're talking about like Taco about um kfc uh burger king like like it's so interesting like, but you, can, you start with something really small you start with this like little tiny thing that's always been my thing and then you almost like pull it back out
0: mm-hmm. interesting i kind of want to switch topics and go on to the monetization aspect because you have a full-time job you you know you have a stable career and you do TikTok part time or on the side um yeah. how do you monetize do you even choose to monetize what does that look like for you
1: I'll be honest, like I'm pretty under monetized as creators go, especially creators of my size. And that's just because I it's a it's a it's a balance for sure. And like you don't want to be that person who's like sold out and just like because you see those comments on like anytime you even do like one branded video, people are just hating, 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 hating on it. So I think me having a full time job to allow me to explore content as a creative outlet and it's a curiosity has been really great for me because i've never been so obsessed with like trying to like if i went full-time and being a creator i think it'd actually be very bad for me too because then it's like well what's oversaturation how do you like make sure you're getting enough money to survive and then like are your views like in line with those things yeah so my monetization primarily has come from the fact that i have a recurring monthly i basically i basically have, I basically have a, a sponsor um that pays me a sum call it a flat sum every month to make a video about whatever I want in relation to their product and then in addition to that I get to take on it like I try to maybe do like two brand deals a month that would be I think like two three would be like the max before oversaturation even that would be like what that's like if I make five videos a week call that 10-15% and then um, there's something I've been exploring a lot more over the past like two three months because most of the brand deals I've ever gotten are inbound and Mm -hmm. so what is that shift as well when you're trying to then start doing outbound
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: actually you know build yourself the portfolio or the brand kit or the media kit and then reach out to these brands and then what is the correct ones and then what are the ones that align strategically with like your own values or your wants or like you know what are the ones that you can actually share that vision or share that message interesting um like i don't just like work with anybody Right. right like i actually if you go through any of like the things i've never i've ever done i've never sold anything it's never been like a product that's actually cost money. It's always like a free software or a service or like it's a Google Chrome extension to help you build standard operating procedures. So like I kind of exist very much in this like tech niche, uh, tech software niche, which is great yeah. because it's usually free to use. And then two, tech companies have, just have a lot more money. Totally. Uh, a lot of others. So between like, yeah, I've, I've been working to try to get more external with it and like i actually now have signed with a talent agency that's going to try to bring in like that from the outbound i actually have another i got pitched by another one they want me to be exclusive with them but like how how can you sign exclusivity deals unless i first like that's just like that's just
0: weird yeah i was gonna ask if you were with the agency because i know your normal email is just like biz at whatever gmail or yahoo whatever you use so um i think it's interesting that at a million followers you weren't with an agency yet but um i'm sure that there's mm-hmm. pros and cons to being with an agency and like kind of having them manage that side of things
1: you towards being a full-time creator oh, because that's okay. interest as a business like, the more, if you're just doing it full-time, all the time, like, they can obviously bring you more deals, which yeah. is good for you. But that also means that they're making more money as well. So that's, like, very much a push-pull with, like, this the level of engagement with my own content that I'm looking for, where it's, like, I enjoy doing it because I enjoy doing it, mm-hmm. not because it's like a chore. Right. That's very much something that, like, I, I don't know if other creators run into this, so it's, like, when you, like, you make content every day, and then all of a sudden you have, like, a deal, and you're, like, I have to make content. And yeah. It's just like... Like it's just like it's a whole different feeling unless yeah. it's something you can actually become passionate about. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of systems that are being built now and like things I can definitely talk on as to like help like automate various parts of those outreaches.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's well, just something I've, I've put a significant amount of like time and investment into lately.
0: Interesting. Well, a couple of questions for you for, you know, early content creators. For someone who is just starting on TikTok, they don't really know their niche yet. What would you recommend that they do to get started? And they have the goal, you know, they want to be, they want to have a lot of followers. How should they get started?
1: I, I would just say, like, it's always good to establish yourself as some kind of, like, expert in whatever field it is that you might be an expert in, something that you're either knowledgeable or passionate about. So, like, you can make content to that where you can speak to it as a bit of, like, you know, a, like a, a subject matter expert, right? But then you're also then able to kind of work in your own, background to that topic i think that's like where people because like that's the difference between people liking videos and following yeah right so it's like also how do you kind of like leave those videos like if someone's made all the way through the end or whatever like i'm gonna make this a series or like this is what i'm gonna be doing next time so people are like then following to try to follow along on that journey i think that's like something that i did that that led to a lot of different really viral uh waves that i wrote like the the fashion one at the beginning and then i was ruining kids books for a while because i did the rainbow fish and then i already knew i was going to do the giving tree yeah so i, so I already had the giving tree like like lined up like ready to go and i like, mentioned at the end i'm like this is what we're doing that's what i'm doing next time and so uh-huh. that people are like oh shit like i want to see that yeah and like, you're turning that into I, I don't know at what level you're able to actually get playlists i'm not sure yeah like, i don't know
0: it. either yeah
1: yeah but I, I i wish instagram had that like it's just content pillars like um yeah those 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 thread lines are right think, very important for because like when you make a bunch of different content like otherwise someone comes to your page and just looks like
0: everything what? yeah mishmash yeah. of everything
1: so, uh, i think i think that just like establishing yourself as some kind of expert like i don't want to say necessarily having a call to action but if you have people like for looking for a next video or mm-hmm. like they're looking for that next piece of content i'm not saying like leave it on a cliffhanger right or it's like oh stay tuned for part two <laughs> you know, like, if, unless it's like authentic unless like you really can't fit it into one video sure you, then sure i guess that happens but like i was yeah i would say i would say probably like start with stuff you know mm-hmm. stuff, you're passionate about, or stuff you're curious about and like how are you bringing new value or new information or new light to things that might have already been tried like like turned over before
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of people struggle because they have no idea even how to start with the content creation. But if it's something you're passionate about and you can Mm -hmm. say like, yeah, I know some new things about this that maybe not a lot of people know, then that's a great way to just even get started on TikTok and building your personal brand. Um, So I love all of that. You know, Ken, you've had such an interesting journey as a content creator. So I have just two more questions for you. Um, You know, you're at a million followers now on TikTok, which is huge. Congratulations. And Mm -hmm. you're on. A couple other platforms. What are your goals and milestones for the last six months of the year?
1: So the goals and the milestones. I, I actually had a whole sit down with myself. No joke. I want to say in like March about this. I literally gave myself an annual review. For <laughs> <laughs> I just done my my day job and like annual review with my manager, and then I was like, okay, well, I want like let me do this for like these other branches of my life. And uh, so I sat down with myself and I was like, what do I want to achieve this year when it comes to content? And initially I wrote, a number, I wrote, I wanted like one and a half million followers by in the year. And I actually went back and I scratched it out. Okay. Um, it was to be more consistent with the content and make sure that it was like delivering value. And also like, I, I kind of shifted my mentality from like, I just want to like, you know, I make content that's fun sometimes. Like literally like Diet Coke first, Coke Zero, like and how they market it differently. But it's also like, I want to start making content, or I want to start doing something that's going to have a bigger societal, like impact and positive change in my community, like starting in Chicago, and then like spreading that ideally elsewhere. Um, obviously the call, the work that I was doing the last like two, three months is like somewhere in that vein, but I actually. Uh, by the time this airs, I'll, I'll actually launch an entirely new platform for that. It's called Detectives HQ. Okay. Where people will be able to, like, because effectively I built a database. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have hundreds of pieces of information that like, even the police don't have. Wow. So I have all this information that's now going to get mapped, automatically put online, publicly available. And then people are also going to be able to, like, create like information that's uploaded to the map after it's approved by admins who are, like, detectives and PIs in the regions. Um, so my entire thought is like, how can I continue to like create it's like, not only say systems, but like the like opening these conversations that are happening. And like a lot of those ones lately are obviously going to be about like economics and just general, like economic trends as we move potentially towards a recession mm. and like, how, like, who should we be mad at? And like, what can we be doing about it? Um, so just trying to deliver like real societal good. And value to people who like might be struggling, just don't really have voices or resources that like a lot of other people or that some people that you and I probably know have access to. I think there's a lot to be said for for that. In terms of like numbers and goals, it's uh, if I had to say anything, like I just want to have <laughs> I want my content to buy me yeah, like to buy my first house. That is the the goal I wrote down on my the sheet somewhere, which is like I want like the money that I make from social media. Last year it was for it to pay my rent. This year I want to be the down payment for a house. Hell to-
0: yeah, I love that. And that's so doable for you. I mean, you'll for sure be able to achieve that.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting kind of watching how everything ramps up in its, in its ways, like kind of go through, I don't want to say ebbs and flows, but I think once you actually really just, like start building these, that, that cause that's what I find very interesting. That's something that I think has been very underexplored, which I think is what you're kind of exploring here, which is almost like the business of a creator, mm-hmm. which, like i don't it's, like, it's the behind the scenes right there, there's like the content side of it there's truly like the business side of it as yeah. well which is how does like corporate natalie get these like tv deals and like how do these people like not just like come up with their content but also like make sure that they're strategically positioning themselves in a way where they are growing that brand yeah but also it's like a professional and marketable brand that companies want to work with totally that's, that's like that's a different kind of line because it is like that requires professionalism as well as like you're an authority Right, right. For the most part, like I'm not saying like funny people don't just get (laughs) (laughs) deals. They do.
0: Yeah, but different types of deals, and you know, you can choose how you want to position yourself as a creator, and. I think you can evolve over time. I mean, you've evolved so much over time. So like if you start with something goofy and decide in the future, three years down the line that you want to try something else, you can. Um, I think that that's a very interesting, though, perspective of like, yeah, there is professionalism involved. And brands want to work with certain types of creators based on how professional you are and like mm-hmm. what type of content you're putting out into the world. So I think That's that
1: makes, I just want to like caution to any like new creators, especially any new creators or like growing creators who are like getting caught a little bit of juice and they're starting to get like those opportunities. Like those are professional opportunities and you have to treat them professionally. Like I know some people who are like kids, like straight up, like they're like still in college and they're very talented as creators but they're not as professional and so they don't know how to like manage those business relationships in a way that like is going to ensure that that stays a positive business relationship in the future um i I do caution people about it getting to their head because at the end of the day like these things are shifting sands uh you need to make sure that like you are like at the end of the day still the person that started off on that journey not some person with like a bunch of followers behind their name or check mark
0: how do you recommend (laughs) that they go about that
1: I think it's just like for me, like I just have a very large disassociation from my own my own platform. Like my platform is like not me. Hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's like just because I've never like leaned into it full time. Like I just like I'm like, this is like a part of the things that I do. It's not me as my definition as myself. Like it's literally a caricature. Like it's like the same thing when like back when I was like dated or whatever, like if someone was like, oh, yeah, like I was like watching a video. I'm like, that's weird. Like it's not (laughs) even me. me? Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I, think it's just like not letting you get to get to your head and like seeing every opportunity that it opens as a blessing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not as like a, an expected, like yeah. you should, much as like you have every right to like fight for your back mm-hmm. like, you because there's definitely a lot of, uh, ways that companies try to take advantage of people, especially at the early stages yeah. of like their creator journey and like i don't say yeah rip them off but like you know it's at the end of the day like there's kind of a wild west of negotiation when it comes to social media like nobody really knows what the rules are like no one it just hasn't been written anywhere like you right. see different things replace that you go so yeah. it's like not only your your value but like what your future value could be and also just making sure i don't want to say like pigeonholing yourself but just making sure that like you continue to treat every opportunity as like truly an opportunity and not just like i'm too good for this or like Whatever, like, 'cause at the end of the day, like these are relationships that can also be massaged and like potentially come back in the future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like,
1: I did a video um that I got I got reached out to by some marketing agency. And ironically, they're doing a brand deal or some kind of marketing promotion for the the primary sponsor that I mentioned that I have. And so when she reached out to me about it, I was like, oh, that's funny. I like, guess I know them very well. <laughs> <And> she, <Yeah. laughs> so she initially, was like, oh, so maybe this video can just fall within the scope of what you're already doing. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, personally, like, sorry, like, there's going to have to be like some X. Act- but it was actually a huge pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Like, we were going back and forth. I'm talking like 50, 60 emails over like four or five months. Wow. Like, the money was not worth the hassle at all. But you know what? Eight months later, she'd pop back up, send me an email, and it was for a huge brand deal with a different company because she, like, appreciated how, like, kind and professional and, like, thorough I was and, like, that I was easy to work with. Like, so you can make these relationships regardless of, like, maybe the deal doesn't work out at that time, but, like, even just getting those foots in the door, like, also just go shoot your shot.
0: Yeah, like, absolutely. I love that. I think that's so important, especially as these young creators do start to grow. Um, and yeah. you were a young creator, you know, just a couple years ago. So, like, you were in those shoes. Um, and I think a lot of people are right now as they embark on those journeys.
1: So, yeah, I think that's a big thing, too. Is like, if you want to work with a particular company or if like you think that there's a good opportunity, like, message them, email them, shoot them on Instagram, like, whatever. Like I want to say, just don't tell them what you want to do. Tell them you have an idea. Mm. Like, hey, I, this is something I've been trying to work with Uber, for example, for a while. Like I know they have a very high ticket item that I actually think has a lot of value. So how do I get in touch with somebody there who I can have at least this conversation with, cause I know I can drive through like a lot of impact to something that they want to have utilized more than let's say UberX. So like, Hey, like I have an idea for a video and I have like a lot of information on this topic. I also have the platform that's currently growing in this direction with people that are very interested in public safety and awareness and all these things. Who can I speak with about like this thing?
0: I love that. That's a good strategy. I'm just saying, like, oh, I have an idea. And then like talking to them once that they once they give you the right person, right?
1: Yeah, it's 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 very much it's a it's a give and take, right? It's 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 very much a push-pull because you have to give them enough information that like, okay, they're not just like trying to get to somebody necessarily, like they, there is something without like giving it away so much that they can just go send it to somebody else to go make it themselves.
0: Yeah, that's a great strategy. So, Ken, one last question for you. And before I ask that question, this podcast is sponsored by Char Charms Water Bottle Accessories. So, go get one for Alice. Of course, she needs one.
1: She does need one. And before- you need
0: one for your water bottle too.
1: Wait, wait, wait. What do they have it? <laughs>
0: I love it. That's awesome. Well, Ken, last question for you. I ask all the creators that I interview, in one sentence, what do you believe is the essence of being a successful content creator?
1: I would say the essence of being a successful creator is creating value authentically. Uh, to me, like the, the numbers and the followers and the likes are all byproducts of delivering value or creating value or create like some form of yeah to me it's just it's it's just a value exchange where it's like if i'm producing content that like is useful or is valuable or is knowledgeable and like makes people think about these things or teach them something they didn't know the success follows that it's really like fall in love with that process right like that's why like the number the numbers isn't important it's like it was about the process it's like five videos a That's that's the number it doesn't like it's not like I want to have a million and a half by the end of the month. It's literally like I want to make five very high quality videos this week and then like working into what each of these things are and then falling in love with the process of each one of those. That's something that I at one point got away from as a creator, but not like making five videos a week, but like being a like true student of that game and like going back through my videos and like with that fine tooth comb, be like, can I crop half a second here mm. and make this? flow quicker am I doing that due diligence to actually make sure all of those captions are perfect like am I like being that thorough yeah you're, that's what you did at the beginning so why aren't you doing it now
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, don't rest on the laurels just because like you're you know you're big like that's not gonna you're not gonna be like that's not what it that's not what's gonna that's not what's gonna carry you
0: mm-hmm I think that's so important. So thank you for that. Ken, it's been awesome having you on. Thank you so much. And I definitely think that we need to do a part two to this because I think there's so much that we didn't unpack. So you guys, maybe in the future, you'll see Ken back on the podcast in a couple of months down the line when he has one and a half million followers. We'll see.
1: Yeah, one and a half million followers and put the bad guys behind bars. Let's start there.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Ken. See
1: you, Charlotte.